Hi, I'm Celine Gabrielle. And I'm JG Sackis. This is Art. Okay, cool. A podcast about life as an artist, specifically an emerging artist. The ins and outs, the ups and downs, the day-to-day behind-the-scenes stuff. The good, the bad, and everything else in between. All right, let's go. Hi, Jade. Hi, Celine. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm so good. Are you excited to talk about our topic of the day, which is goals? Me? I mean, yeah, goals, goals, not just me. And- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just before we get into, like, actually, what did we officially call this topic? Um, review, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Check, it, check in of what we had set out for 2021. Okay, so before we get to that, though. We just want to remind everybody to, well, you know, like the goal of this podcast is to help other emerging artists like ourselves sort of find their way and have people that know what they're going through and build a little bit of a community around our common goals and struggles sometimes. So if you like this podcast and you find it beneficial and you know other emerging artists, please feel free to share it and subscribe yourself because then you won't miss an episode when they come out and we work very hard to try to consistently bring you interesting topics so hopefully you'll support us and click that subscribe all right so today's topic but before we get to our check-in jade what is going on Uh, oh my gosh uh, still just like I'm just starting the residency, getting things organized. I'm about to have my first flow slot and then I will be jaunting off to Seattle uh, to do all kinds of fun glass things. Um, and what else? Oh, I, I, I might be in Design TO this year for, for 2022. Cool. What, what is that? Tell me more. So Design TO is like a huge international design festival. Uh, it corresponds with Design Week. Um, so there's like IDS, which is the international design show. Um, and Design TO is a organization that runs um, off-site projects. So they do like artist talks, lectures, studio tours, Um, And then art installations. So one of the programs that they have is um, a venue matching program. So you basically submit a proposal for something that you might want to do and choose a couple of the venues who are looking for artists. And then you do like a like a site specific window installation. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So So is that something that you had to apply for or did you have a hookup? So yeah, I applied for it. It was a free application. And because it's a venue matching partnership, the venue actually pays the fees and then you just pay for the creation of your your artwork. Um, And I just kind of like threw something out there that is not, not color worship related at all. It's just like a theme that I'm interested in exploring. And I kind of like barfed out my idea and was like maybe somebody will be interested in this like kind of aggressive theme um and yeah they they matched me with a venue so I'm just waiting to hear back from that organization so that we can start working out the details and then that'll go up during design week which I think is I want to say it's February this year okay wait you said an aggressive theme like now I need details like what the hell did you pitch can you say or is it like top secret for now I don't think it's top secret um and I mean I can give you the ideas that I'm exploring anyway um so I've been doing some just like research I I don't know where I caught wind of this idea but it it found it found my it found my ear which found my brain and I was really interested in it and it is the idea that um, the Western minimalist aesthetic, so like Eurocentric Western minimalist aesthetic, is really actually closely tied to fascism. Okay. Um, and basically, this is the idea that 
um, fascists, like, I'm not an expert on any of this, by the way, but fascists, <laughs> like, really want things to be homogenous so that there is a really clear distinction between us and them. Um, and one of the things that they like to do is kind of, like, limit cultural expression. Um, so there is a really popular like manifesto essay article, whatever, by this dill hole, in my opinion, Adolf, <laughs> um, who is like a big name designer, whatever, whatever. And it's called Ornamentation and Crime. So if you go to art school, you have probably heard of this. And the little snippet, the tiny little snippet that they pull from this article that was written in the late 1800s question mark I'm also so bad at dates guys I'm so sorry um but the snippet that they pull from this is the idea that um like primitive cultures use ornamentation and civilized modern cultures use sleek minimalist design um and then it's kind of like posed as like a like a, a thinking question do you think that uh, ornamentation and like intricate designs are worth it or uncivilized blah, 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 blah. but if you actually look at this piece of writing it's like monstrously and horrifically racist hmm. um, and so I didn't know that that's a, it, it's a concept that had been brought up in art school for me many times that's how I was familiar with it and I I saw something that referenced it and talked about the like blatant racism in it and I looked at it and I was like damn this idea that like minimalism is the height of design is like kind of trash and it's actually kind of responsible for cultural erasures of every culture um you know I am my grandfather was Lithuanian um I'm Lithuanian I have no ties to my cultural roots and the more research that I do on it, you know, uh, Lithuania has a really rich history of like, uh, like wood designs, textiles, all of those things. So all of these things that were important cultural identifiers to, you know, um, these rural communities, those were the things that this man was arguing, arguing against and working to get rid of. Hmm. Um, and so my proposal, my proposal is called minimalism and crime. So really just like really <laughs> it in there aggressively. Um, and it's basically the, the proposal was to draw on my Baltic roots and do a display that was kind of like really brightly colored based on traditional Lithuanian weaving patterns that would be in the window and it would be obscured by uh, many, many pieces of like translucent white paper. So it's just like whitewashed until it disappears. Wow, that yeah. sounds so cool. Yeah. I can't wait to, to see how you like actually put this together. Yeah. So I, that was the idea that I pitched. Um, I apparently got matched with a venue and I don't know how this works because it's my first time. So I reached out to them and now I'm just waiting to hear back to get things moving. Love it. Okay. Can't wait for an update. I love that you're like, I love that, that it's something different. Like it's not, um what I was expecting necessarily right like I like that yeah I think it's a good and it's like it it's it can be a pretty big deal you know like if you catch the right people's eye um it can it can give you a lot of visibility uh so it's uh I think it's a great opportunity to step outside of yourself and try something new cool good for yeah. you yeah how about you you got anything going on you know what Lots going on, but we're going to talk so much about ourselves and the rest of this uh, episode. Yeah, so truly. I'm just going to remind everybody that if they're so inclined, the um, 
voting for the Salt Springs National Art Prize is still ongoing. And there's a link in my bio if you want to go vote for me and my piece. So, yeah, if you guys want to throw a little support my way, I would appreciate that. It Honestly, they've made the voting so straightforward and simple, unlike a lot of these voting things. So, yeah, it's like one or two clicks, super speedy. And so if you feel like sending my lo- some love my way, I would appreciate it. I know I voted. Yay, thank you. <laughs> all right. So with all of that little update shared, what we're going to talk about now is our gold check-in. For those of you longtime listeners, <laughs> um, way back in the beginning of 2021, a whole like, well, actually, it's almost... Are we not? Yeah, we're nine months in now. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we talked a little bit about goals and goal setting and if we use them and, and all that stuff. So that's what we're going to talk about more today. Yeah. So I think that this is a good time of year to check in. We're past the halfway point now. Um, for a lot of people, they're settling into the school year, the season starting to change. Um, yeah, I think this is a good time. And I think that with these goals, with um, setting goals, I don't think it necessarily has to start with the new year, but I do think that the ideas of like ritual and renewal are kind of important to human beings. So if you kind of set, set those benchmarks for yourself to set goals and to check in, I think that it's, I think that it's useful. Yeah, I agree. And the ritual renewal, like of the January is so ingrained in, in our culture I think like it's such a big like watch the ball drop at New York City and like oh it's a fresh start the next day but back to your other point for me still to this day September is like the new year yeah I don't I I mean I know it's from school and then I have kids so it's still there again I don't know if people without children still feel it late into it I still feel it and it's not just the fact of school but like the weather actually changes because here in Canada, like January's weather is the same as December, you know, like yeah, there's no it's shit like there. summer's ending though. And I feel like that's, yeah. Yeah. It's like a real, like I feel a shift, you know, because you're right. Summer's over, like the leaves start falling, the color, you got to get out your sweaters. Like it actually feels like a change. So I, I still feel like September is kind of the new year, even though I know it's not, but whatever. I just, yeah, this time of year is, I think, such a good time to check in because it does feel like there's a shift in my mind anyway. So what and should that- we do? Should we should we kind of go over just like a quick refresher of what our goals were for last year? Like 2020? You want to go back yeah. and talk about 20? 20- okay, sure. Yeah. You want to start? Okay. Yeah, so I, I wrote I wrote little notes. I went back for us and listened. So I think what my 2020 goals were were to reliably be able to perfect. Come on, <laughs> reliably be able to produce a cohesive body of work to get traction in the art world. Number two, uh, get the color worship series off the ground. Uh, number three was to do the artist project, Toronto Outdoor Art Fair, and then maybe the other art fair. Uh, another goal I had financially was to make as much money at my day job as I had the previous year, plus $10,000 from my art practice. And then also uh, to get 500 followers on Instagram, maybe 9,000 if I was doing, or 900 if I was doing really well. Okay. And so for me, back in 2020, I had wanted same, like to do three art fairs. So mine were the artist project, super fine. And the other art fair, I wanted to earn $30,000 from art and prints. I wanted to grow my Insta to a thousand followers. I wanted to be featured in a magazine or websites. Um, I wanted to start this podcast. So that was 2020 that we were just talking about. Yeah. So I think in the podcast that we originally did, when we talked about those things, it was like just the end of 2020. So those goals, we had already, like, we talked about what happened with them, right? Yeah. So I can't remember right off the top of my head, though, 
what exactly I don't think I hit all of mine I did start the podcast we did yeah we did do that um the art fairs were shut down yep you know 2020 was such a weird year so okay so then in 2021 so in 2020 for me personally when I set those it was like a loosey-goosey like I sort of I didn't really have an action plan I didn't really know how I was gonna do like I just sort of in my mind was like thinking of potentially what might be nice kind of stuff. Yeah. But then in 2021, cause 2020 was so bad for so many reasons. Um, well, obviously we know about the pandemic across the world, but then also for me personally, it was difficult for a number of personal reasons and mental health and stuff like that, which again, I think a lot of people can relate to. So that was rough. And then in 2021, in January, I decided that I needed to sort of get out of a funk. So I really approached goal setting more seriously than I had the year before. Like I really decided that I was going to get it on paper and I got myself a little notebook and I like really thought about what was important to me and I did write it all down. Yeah. What about you, 2021? How did you approach your goal setting that year? 2021 I feel like it was a tough because like you're saying everybody's kind of in that funky COVID mindset um but in terms of my of the, my approach to it um I wanted to be realistic uh and like my list for my goals for 2021 uh I wanted to get a thousand followers I wanted to do the artist project three art fairs again kind of ooh, um make <laughs> $20,000 from my work, um, do a, sh- do a solo show or be a part of some exhibitions, get grants, foster community, um, share the new plaster work that I'm doing. And then my overarching theme for my goals this year was just the idea of being ready. Um, I wanted to be ready for the things that I want. So I wanted to be ready for opportunities Um, and I wanted to kind of get out of the why bother headset because as the late great Cheech Devane says, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's right. All right. So why don't we stay on you for a little bit and just, how did that go? Well, um, I, I have 600 followers, which is pretty good considering I've been very inconsistent with my social media and I haven't really been able to get out there. Um, I wasn't able to do the artist project this year, like all of the other artists, but I did participate in one of their online exhibitions. Um, Obviously couldn't do three art fairs, but I did do a single pop-up. In terms of finances, making $20,000 for my work, that's probably pretty, pretty slim chance at this point. Still possible though, because I am starting that residency. Um, no solo exhibitions, but I was a part of a, an in-person exhibition in my neighborhood, which was lovely. Working on my grants. I've been sharing that new plaster work. And I do feel for the most part that I have been pretty ready and I've been ready to hit the ground running. So when opportunities have come my way, I've been able to, I've been able to reach for them, which has been awesome. Yeah, that's great. Okay, should we talk about mine a little bit? Yes, please. Okay, so my goals that I set early in 21, like like I said, I was very specific. Um, I just want to sort of say a little bit of how I got specific was I just got myself a notebook and I like brainstormed and then I wrote everything down and... I made a detailed sort of breakdown on a lot of this stuff, but I'm only going to focus really on the art, mostly the art related stuff for today. But that being Mm -hmm. said, so I had goals related to money, wellness, family, friends, work, and just home life in general. I really wanted to focus on making work. That was a big one for me. Um, I wanted a solo show, which like happened in January, but it was, so it happened in 2021, but I had, known it was going to happen. <laughs> it's a little bit of a cheat. So that was awesome way to start actually just like checking a, 
uh, like done right away. Uh, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that experience. Um, that was in January. So that was good. I wanted, so back to the focusing on work, I wanted to complete 12 large paintings. So the year before I had only done eight or not only, sorry, I had done eight. Um, and so this, I thought, okay, one a month would be a good goal. I'm only at eight again so far. So not only, sorry, I don't know why I keep saying that. I'm at eight and it's September. So I still have October, November, December. So I still got three months. So in theory, if I did three more, I would be there, right? Nine, ten. No, yeah. I'd be close. I'd be really close. Um, and I wanted to do some small works and I did some, I did some. So that was good. Um, I wanted to apply for 12 open calls. I wanted to do weekly podcasts. I said with breaks and we did, we took the summer off. So that was great. I wanted to be featured in a big magazine. And then I wanted to earn $30,000 for my art. Okay. So I kind of broke the rules and gave you a little bit of update as I was talking about it. But so pretty much every, I, I did honestly pretty much everything. Yeah. So, you've been killing it. I'm so excited about it like I find it so fascinating that I don't know like to me I think having it so specific was so beneficial for me because like I say that previous year was kind of like oh willy-nilly a little bit of this little but not as as clear in my mind and I think having it all written down and having it very clear and like knowing how to work towards it because I had that goal or not knowing how, but figuring out how to get closer to those goals. So those are the ones that we talked about in the podcast. The other thing I just wanted to mention was like, you said how, when you were talking about yours, you wanted to be a real realistic. So I had some that were very realistic, but then I also took a page in my journal and I'm not going to share all of them because some of them are kind of embarrassing, but I wrote, I called them my, super crazy goals and dreams so honestly in that area was like some wild stuff that give me one embarrassing one I want to know one embarrassing one okay well it's I mean I don't know if it's embarrassing but it's just kind of like really reaching so one of my super crazy dreams and goals that I'm putting into the universe so come to me dream come to me goal is I want to be a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race Canada yeah okay you know you know what that means though that means you have to do an entire series on drag that's how that's how you do that that would be that that would be the thing right like because I need to get close enough to be able to like yeah. take photographs and like be in that environment to get the inspiration to make the paintings. So, so you need to start shouting out drag artists. You need to do like one incredible painting that's inspired by a drag artist, get the traction and then go from there. Bing, bang, boom. You're on it. So I've tried, you know what I've tried and I've tried, like I've gone through, cause you know what? Well, if you don't know now, you know, I, I freaking love Drag Race, um, love RuPaul, love so many drag queens, just the creativity and the, I just, I just love it. I love the makeup. I love the fashion. I love the humor. I just, it's, it's just gives me so much joy. So anyway, um, I've tried like hunting for photos, but I can never get like a good quality one or like, cause I need to pose a certain way. Like I'm just. I keep trying and I'll keep trying until I can find one that I think would work well in a painting. But in the meantime, if I could be invited there to like take all my own photos, then I would get okay. exactly what I want. So, you know what I think you do? You know what I think you what? do is what? Willem and Alaska have a podcast called Race Chaser that I listen to all of the time. And through that podcast, they're very active with their like listener mail and all of that stuff. So I think you DM the podcast, send some pictures and be like, I would love some high res photos of like Willem or Alaska in like amazing outfits. So I can recreate the, like this piece of art and I'll give you guys high quality prints. For some reason, I do not know about this podcast. So now I've got to go and binge the podcast. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, they read they recap every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh so my love it. God, so much good stuff for me. I know what I'm doing next week. Okay, cool. 
Yeah. I think, I think that's your end. I think that's how you get, I think that's how you start climbing this mountain. Okay. I'm going to jump into that head first or feet first, I guess. What both, all of me in cannonball. So, yeah. cannonball. Okay. so stay tuned people. Let's see what's happening. So that hasn't happened yet, but here's another thing, which I have talked about like a thousand times and you guys are going to be sick of hearing it on that list. I also had that Ashley Longshore was going to buy some of my work and that was on my that wasn't on my realistic list. That was on my like super crazy, like, I don't know how this is going to happen list. And that happened. So I suggest that even if you're making realistic goals, that you might just for yourself make like a super crazy dream list. Because, yeah. and then the other thing that I did too, though, both with the realistic ones and with the um, crazy ones is I didn't just write them down and then put this book away. So that's my other tip which um, is to have like a, I just got a Dollarama scribbler because I love these organizers that look all pretty in January, but then I would be too precious about them and I wouldn't want to write notes and scribble in them. And then I would never look at them again, except for that first month in January when I made it look perfect. So this time I decided that perfectionism be damn, I'm going to like get down and dirty in my scribbler. And so I haven't, and I like flip through it and I look and I reread them. And so they're always ever present in my mind. And I think that that's helpful because in previous years I've like made goals, but then I never, I don't work towards them because I kind of forget what I wrote or forget what yeah. I had said, you know? So, so yeah. So um, what are we talking about now? So yeah. So that, why did we get off on that? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess just to encourage people that realistic goals are good, but also some crazy wild ones, I think, should be thrown in for good measure. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, and so then back to my other, I guess, you know what I'm going to do is I just want to talk about probably the one. Uh, have you ever heard of a push goal? No, what's that? Different. I've heard it described in different ways, and one person calls it a push goal. But what they say is like if you write your like back to the realistic goals, right? Like, so for example, one of my ones here was earn 30,000 from my art practice. Okay, but how am I gonna do that? Like, it's really nice to say that, but what actually is gonna make that happen? So then when I look back at the other things, apply for 12 open calls or opportunities. So that is more like applying for things brings the opportunities that lead to the money. So like the money doesn't just come out of nowhere. Like you have to do something to get the money. Yeah. So by applying for things, and then I got, you know, like Miro, which paid me money. I got featured on um, the gels curator. And then that's what led to the Ashley Longshore buying my work. And then, you know what I mean? Like it was actually, so that basically, if I look at all of my stuff, the applying for stuff, putting my work out there, that's what was the catalyst for everything else, basically. Yeah. So that is kind of like your push goal. So you write all your goals, but then it's like, if you focus on this one goal, the other things will happen as a result of focusing a lot, not all, but a lot of your attention on that specific one. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that was really probably what, um, led to so much so much of a good year is is that that one specific goal that I really focused so I said 12 and that was my realistic number because I just thought in my mind one a month I can find yep. one opportunity a month I didn't know where I was going to find them but and I think if you're listening and you're thinking I don't know where I'm finding them it's the same thing. You know, your phone, our phones are listening. So the more you like talk about wanting opportunities, <laughs> honestly, like stuff will show up in your Instagram feed. You like talk to people, listen to podcasts. You Jade told me about opportunities. Um, people share them with me on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like it will start showing up the more you like focus on it and actively look for it. It's not magic. Yeah. You do have to do the legwork, right? Definitely. So, yeah, what else, what else about your goals or my goals or what else do you want to say about all that? Um, well, maybe do you want to touch on, because we have a couple of like our, our non-art related goals that we had too, and maybe it's a good thing to check in on those as well. Yeah, let's do that. 
Okay, so some of mine, and I think these are just good reminders for people. This is your this is your check-in. Go have a glass, pause this, go have a glass of water, hydrate yourself. Uh, because my first thing was to serve my body better. <laughs> Yikes. Oh no, I didn't do it. Um, I really wanted to make a better effort at maintaining my flexibility my wrists my hands my necks my shoulders um and I have not been doing that so this is a good reminder um it's going to be really important as I make my journey through this residency to get back on that train so I guess that's another (laughs) good thing about these check-ins uh you you can check in on your successes but you can also check in on where you're lacking and maybe that's something that I need to reprioritize because I have been slacking off yeah what do you think why why do you think that goal did not get the attention it you had wanted it to get oh I don't know I've been sad man I've been so sad (laughs) um and then it's like I when you don't there's been so many times especially in Ontario where we've been so locked down that you don't leave your house you don't have a routine you don't have any structure and for me if I don't have kind of a an order of operations to follow when I start my day all of those maintenance things really just fall to the wayside. Yeah, I I get that. It's hard. What about your crocheting too? Oh yeah, because I wanted to, I wanted to find things that I enjoy doing that makes it kind of impossible for me to use my phone. Yeah. Um, So one of those things was crocheting. So that's been kind of up and down. So I started that, I think in like Christmas of last year, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm going to stick with it. And my goal was to make my grandma a blanket and make my mom a blanket. And I'm happy to report that while the blankets aren't done, I am very confident that they will be done by Christmas time. Um, And I've actually like, I've learned a lot in the, the whole world of crocheting. And there's lots of projects that I want to do that I think would be fun. And um. I'm really happy that I gave it a shot because now I have a creative outlet that has like nothing to do with my practice, nothing to do with making money. Um, it's just getting back to creating just for creating sake. And it's actually interesting that we bring up the crocheting thing again, when I was just talking about um, ornamentation and crime, because one of the arguments in that essay is that you could not, with all of the the detail and intricacy that goes into handmade objects like um, knitting, crocheting, lace making, wood carving, all of those things, um, there's no possible way that you could pay the artist what it's actually worth to make them. From so, from a capitalist standpoint, it doesn't make sense to do those things. Um, oh. And I I love getting out. I love taking a break from being capitalism's bitch. Um, (laughs) And those types of craft and those types of working are a really good way to take a break from capitalism, making things just to enjoy, making things for other people, making things to learn. Those are all beautiful reasons to make. It doesn't have to be about money. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. What about you? What are what were some of your non-art related goals? Well, my first one was to have more fun. Oh, did you do it? Yes. Good. I'm totally doing it. And it's interesting because again, like I like to have fun, but I was getting not just because of COVID, like that was a hard year, but I mean it, life was so busy. I hate that word. Actually, it's so overused, but, um, just with uh, my husband's schedule and my kids' schedules and the things I wanted to achieve. And I was just prioritizing care of, you know, the people in my life and work and fun had really just kind of vanished. Not that there wouldn't be fun moments in the day, but just like really crazy fun stuff that 
maybe is a little bit unusual. So, and then another, so to that point though, or in addition to, I also wanted to connect with more people because I work at home. I live at home. I have a tight knit family. So I spend a lot of time just with the fam. And so I don't, we don't really include a lot of outsiders. Like we're just, we're just this tight little nucleus. And so, and then with lockdown, you had to be together. And so then there were no people. So I was trying to like, you know, like when you're a kid and you would socialize and you would hang out with friends. And I just, I felt like my friendship world had really reduced and reduced and reduced because I was just so focused on that little nucleus. And as much as I love them, it's kind of nice to have outside perspectives and different people and stuff like that. So I did, I did manage to do that. I managed to number one, have there's four of us and we meet monthly for typically a brunch, but now we've started to sort of branch out. And cause I was telling them my goal is to like, do things I had never done. And that would be typically outside of what I would normally do. So just last weekend, we decided to go to a live in-person wrestling match. <laughs> Whoa, love that. I love it. So this is so far outside of my my world like I never I know Hulk Hogan from when I was a kid or whatever but I never like that I, was something that some people I love the image of this I've been to them before so I know the score and I'm just I, like I love imagining you there I did not I mean I did not know what I was doing or getting into or anything and so anyway of course because it's not in my area so I had to we drove like an hour and it's kind of I'm not going to name the area because I'm not trying to throw shade, but you know, it's a little bit rough around the edges and it's like a community hall and it's like local <laughs> wrestlers. Like this is not like, you know, the this is like, this is one step up from backyard wrestling, but it is freaking hilarious. <laughs> and I mean, it's so funny because don't get me wrong. Like they're way fitter than me, but you know, like there's the dad bod a little bit and, you know, so it's just so different from the little bits that I've seen on TV and they have the costumes and like the hair and the music. And it's like all the pomp and circumstance that you would, you know, they're throwing like banner, um, like not banners, throwing those, like, um, you know, how you decorate a kid's party with those ribbons and you twist them side by side and you yeah, take them. Yeah, yeah. So they're throwing those like across the, the mats and they're like, waving in the air and I'm just and there's little kids getting high fives from these local guys and it was hilarious and they're chanting they're chanting like you suck you suck or whatever it was and there's there's entry music people have their entry entry music music. yeah there's somebody there's somebody in Toronto and their entry music is it's like oh I guess I don't know if you guys have it or not the Ontario lottery, like when you scan a ticket and you win, it used to go winner, Ganyon. And this guy's entry music is like a remix to that. So it's like Oh my god, I love it. The creativity. I just I just get such a kick out of it. So yeah, we just we got into it. We were screaming and yes. had a little noisemaker shaker. We didn't know who we were screaming for, none, none, mind you, but we didn't care. We were just going for it. So anyway, that is how. Yeah, so I've been trying to like font, but you know, it takes time. Like I don't know these. So she, one of my friends, she's the one that heard about it, and she's like, "Do you guys want?" To? I was like, "Why not?" So. Yeah, we're just finding, try, I'm trying really hard to find things that, you know, having friends over for a glass of wine, don't get me wrong, sure, fun, but I don't know, really shaking things up and doing something that I felt a little bit uncomfortable and out of place, and but by the end of it, we didn't care, we were like right into it, and nobody cared, and the guys next to us who were cussing out the guys they didn't like, we were getting a kick out of like people watching, and anyway. So I, yeah, I have been doing that more, um, just making it a priority to spend time with people who aren't, you know, just in my immediate bubble and go to places where I wouldn't typically go and do things I wouldn't typically do. And so I haven't, my goal was to do three. I haven't got my three yet, but again, I have three more months, so I'm working on it. super cool what is your super cool jade 
Okay, my super cool is kind of niche. Um, I haven't really talked too much about my my trip to Portugal. It was like very, very family oriented. And we were basically out in the middle of nowhere, um, like just hanging out with my partner's grandparents. So there wasn't a ton of like incredible revelation moments or anything like that. Um, but one thing we did get to do was we kind of did a little bit of touring around looking at for like little markets and like antique markets and fairs. And while we were there, um, this one person had this booth. They had like lots of little, like little metal trinkets and cast iron trinkets. And there is like, there's a fairly significant, um, Romani population in Portugal. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was this booth that I was just kind of like drawn to and, on on the ground there was this like ring of objects so it was the horn of a goat a a horseshoe and then a crescent moon a star and like almost like a fork cut out of like metal or tin and i was like what in the world is this what is this and i'm like so drawn to it and I, my partner speaks Portuguese, so I was like, can you ask him, like, what this is? And the guy was like, uh, it's like, it's like an amulet. It's like for protection. Like, you hang it up over your door. Oh. Like, I was like, oh my god, I, I don't know if this is a blessing or a curse, but I'm just <laughs> I'm so drawn to it that I need to get it. And I feel like in another world in another universe i'm about to tell you all of the cool facts and information that i found out about this thing and like all of the historical significance let me tell you i cannot find a single thing about this i did like reverse google image searches i did some like research for like romani like talismans or um, like traditional like door pieces because like a lot of cultures have something that you hang over your door for protection I can't find anything about the huh. cultural significance of this object um, and there was more than one like I ended up seeing another one at another market so it's like a thing but I have no information on it and it's just it's so cool I love the way that it looks it just like it feels like like somebody cared enough to cut out these little metal pieces and it's obviously like each thing represents something because the other one that I saw at a different market had the exact same things. So I don't know. I don't have any other information for you, but it's just like <clears throat> such a super cool thing that I found and I'm like so drawn to it and I love it and I'm so glad that I just bought it. Um, but yeah, that's like a weird, super cool. In another universe, I'm like dropping facts on it left, right, and center. But I have no other information for you. I love that. I think that's so cool. So now that you have it at home, how does it make you feel like having it in your house? I like it. I'm waiting to, I want to hang it up by my door. I'm trying to decide if I want to put it by my front door or my back door. Um, and I really just like want to like showcase it, highlight it, like put it up with intention love it that's yeah. so cool yep awesome what about you what's your super cool my super cool is so I had mentioned in a previous episode that I had to take my daughter to Ontario and so after I dropped her and got her settled I um she had started school already so there was no point in me just sitting in a hotel room all day so I went out and had a little adventure and I went to, I was in Toronto. You weren't there. It's like, I know I'm so I never, sad I missed you. Right. Like how, what are the odds that the one time I come, you're not there. Like what the hell? Anyway, it's all good. So yeah. So I saw that Andy, Andy Warhol, they were doing a big exhibit at the AGO and on uh, art gallery of Ontario. I, you know, again, don't have a lot of big galleries around me. And I am really interested in Andy Warhol because being an art school kid, most of the artists that I have any knowledge of or information on 
are ones that I would see a lot, right? Like, so see and hear, and you'd hear a lot about Warhol or Picasso or whatever. So sort of like these big common names that people know is, is my point of reference for art. And so anyway, I, I have seen Andy Warhol's work in person before. Again, I'm lucky enough to have been to a number of galleries, but I've never seen like this big, retrospective of so much stuff over so many years and so I decided yeah I'm definitely going to that and so I went and it was really they did a really good job I thought in the way they displayed it and the progression of time like it was really like from early sketches and then continuing on through to like the absolute end of his um, artistic career and so anyway, that's really cool. It goes until October 24th. If you're interested at all in seeing his work up close and personal, and you can get there, go check it out. It's really cool. But two things about it. <laughs> so all of his art is there, which is, you know, awesome. But I, in like the last room, I come around the corner. And if you're not aware, Andy Warhol wore toupees, like these crazy silver that wigs were not his hair. And so they had three of them in like this glass case. Whoa, and I was, weird. I know. I was like, oh my God, because it's like all art and, you know, whatever. And then like, these three toupees and they're like from many, many years ago. They were not in the best shape. Do you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. Were... Anyway, so it was just so, I don't know. It just struck me as odd to have these toupees or wigs or whatever in the middle of all this like what I consider to be really beautiful artwork and um I don't know I just thought that was so funny and then reading all of these little tidbits over time like how his life and art progressed so then when I got to the um at the end they have you know like prints and books about him and stuff like that so I was looking at all the books and this one caught my eye because I'm like then I was even more a lot of the information I know about him is again stuff that I've gotten tidbits like in in the media like I've never done like a deep Andy Warhol dive so there was this book that was like a bio or yeah biography about him and so I didn't I didn't pick it up there I didn't want to carry it around it's a big book anyway long story short I came home and I'm like okay I want to learn more about this guy and the whole behind the scenes and stuff. So I looked for that book on Audible, which I have a subscription to. And so I found it. That book is 43 hours of listening. What? 43. I listen to a lot of books on Audible. Two days of your life? And even the long books on Audible are like nine hours. So 43 hours. I was like... Do I want to listen to 43 hours? Anyway, I decided, yes, I do. So I bit the bullet and I've been listening to it. Like, it's going to take me two months to finish this thing. But anyway, I've been listening to a little bit, a little bit. And it's just so interesting. I love all the like behind the scenes stuff of artists' lives. And unfortunately, a lot of artists still don't talk a lot about like all the behind the scenes stuff. And it drives me crazy because I want to know how you go from being an art student to being a, you know, crazy successful or what, I don't know. I just, I like to know that, that history and yeah. his is a very, very interesting one. And of course the, the time frame that he was creating and what was going on in the art world, but also like in the world, you know, was mm -hmm. a tumultuous time. And so it's reflected a lot in his work and what he was trying to do. And sometimes there was a lot of like flukes, like this thing happened because that thing happened. And then some, sometimes it's luck. And also they talk a lot about how he failed and failed and failed. Like he failed even after he had had like some major success, then he turned around and failed again. So I love that, that side, the good, the bad and everything else in between and, and hearing about his mom. Like I had, I didn't, like you hear about the factory and these wild and crazy parties, but he had a townhouse and his mom was like cooking him meals and packing soup for him at the same time as he's having like these, these crazy parties in his factory with, you know, drugs and sex and all this, you know what I mean? Like it's these two parallel yeah. worlds and we forget about that. You think that somebody is, oh, superstar Andy Warhol artist making millions, but actually 
there's so much tangled messiness that goes along with this person that everybody just thinks of as the artist, you know? Anyway, so that's my super cool. If you're at all interested in Andy Warhol um, and you have 43 hours of free time. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to sacrifice 43 hours to the god of Andy Warhol, uh, this book is for you. Go and listen, or at least if you just want to nibble and you're in Toronto, go check out the exhibit because that that does give you a, a little like very, I think now that I'm reading or listening to the book, very superficial what they're telling you again, but that's all I ever got was all always these like very superficial tidbits. So reading the book is just, or listening to the book, sorry, is just really interesting. Anyway, the book is called Warhol by Blake Gopnik, G-O-P-N-I-K. If you're interested, check it out. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I want to remind everybody that we have a new book for book club. We're going in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, We are going to take a look at The Afro-Minimalist Guide to Living with Less by Christine Platt. So this is weirdly connected to what I was talking about at the top of the episode and promises to be a really interesting read. This is a little bit less like the books that we've done before, Big Magic, You Are a Badass, all of those types of like really art living tip style books. Um, This is about a certain style of art and design, minimalism, and kind of how it impacts our lives and how to live with it, around it, know more about it um, from a really interesting perspective. Um, So I'm really excited for it. The Afro-Minimalist Guide to Living with Less should be available at your local library. Um, And also, again, we would love for you to tell us what you want to talk about next. Send us a voice message at anchorfm anchor.fm slash art okay cool um celine where can everybody find you i am on all the socials instagram tiktok facebook at celine gabrielle art and my website celine gabrielle art.com what about you jade so you can find me on instagram at color worship uh you can find me on my website jgsackis.com and you can find the podcast at art okay cool on instagram remember to rate review the podcast share it with a friend shout us out send us a message we'd love to hear from you we want to share from you as well uh but that's it for this week we'll see you next time bye-bye bye